Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in, everybody. Another episode of the podcast that's sweeping the nation. Indeed, it's One Man's Opinion. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for uh, subscribing, commenting, liking, favoriting, whatever it is. However, you have got to hear my voice on uh, this afternoon or night or morning. When do you guys listen, by the way? Are you guys listening? I, I'm curious. It, it's fun because with uh, with radio, uh, you I get reports and everything and when people are listening, how they're listening, how long they're listening for. Podcast, not so much. I don't know. <laughs> Just I'm throwing it out there. Uh, hopefully entertaining, and informing, and uh, keeping you guys busy and your minds off the real world for crying out loud. Hopefully we're doing that, but yeah, I want to know how you guys are listening. Are you, are you working out? Are you sitting at the office on the way to work in the car? Would love to hear any feedback you guys have on that. Otherwise sit back and relax. Enjoy episode 48. This is one man's opinion. I am Jeff Mans. You, if you stumbled into this show one, I will curse. I will uh, say naughty words. I will probably offend you at some point during this podcast. I will offend your favorite players, your favorite teams, your favorite politicians, uh, whatever affiliation politically you are on, maybe your religion, maybe your gender, maybe your, I don't know what, what uh, I would say ethnicity. I'm like, I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't do, I don't do that. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I put it this way. My goal is not to offend anybody. That's not what I'm, I'm going to sit here and be like, oh, I'm going to really get after uh, uh, these Catholics today. No, I just am going to say what I feel. And that's why we named it this, this uh, podcast, the name that it has, One Man's Opinion. It is my last name. I am Jeff Mans. You could find my work over at fantasyguru.com, all things seasonal fantasy sports. The 2021 Fantasy Baseball Draft Guide is available now. Get there. It's early bird pricing. It only goes up from here, everybody. Uh, postseason rankings fantasy football 2021 fantasy football rankings projections off-season content is there for you as well elitefantasy.com is where you get all our daily fantasy sports uh content live streams chats i do nfl i do mlb major league baseball over there we have a great nba team a tremendous nhl team that is ready and at your beck and call over at elitefantasy.com and of course elitesportsbetting.com for all your legalized sports betting needs. My divisional round playoff bets are already posted. Go there and check those out. So as I said, you know, for 2021, I probably should make that announcement. I think if you're new to the podcast for one welcome, yes, we continue to do it. I'll have a lot more episodes. Now that we are out of the weeds, it's officially... I'm officially have like downtime. I actually have some extra time for the first time in eight months since I started building the 2020 fantasy football draft guide and, uh, and all that I'll have some extra time. I'll I'll be able to pound out some new episodes, some episodes that I've been meaning to do. Uh, Rob Brink and I are going to do the, uh, the elite sports one where we talk about, what happened in 2020, how, where we were a year ago in our business compared to now, I think there'll be a very fun episode to do. And that that's one that's going to offend a lot of people and not, I don't think that, all right, well, fuck them. 
it's not meant to offend people. And I think that's where I want to start out this episode. By the way, on today's episode, we I will be going through all four games in the division round of the NFL playoffs. Talk about a little bit about the betting angle, the DFS angle, the matchups for you, who I like, who I don't like. I also posted a question on my social media on Twitter, at Jeff underscore Mans, and ask me anything. Uh, I was I wanted to do this. I did, did this during the year a couple times. It was uh, It was pretty good stuff. Um, and you guys asked me the questions you want to hear. Remember this podcast, just like my Sirius XM radio show, it really is your program. I, I look at it like this. I'm a lifelong radio rat. I grew up on the radio. Um, yeah, I, I told the stories before, but uh, I occupy your airwaves, whether it's Sirius XM, this podcast or whatever, I would like to bring you the content that you want to hear and, and topics that you want to hear about. Now, in exchange for that, I'm not going to say what you want me to say. And you're not going to, you know, it's, I'm not, I'm going to bring my own opinion. I'm going to say what I believe. And I, I know last week's episode ruffled feathers. Cause I talked about the Washington Capitol um, riots and all that shit. And you guys got pissed off and blah, blah, blah. That's fine. I, I, you know, you're going to do it. I don't mind pissing you off. I mean, I, and you guys will piss me off from time to time, I'm sure. But uh, you need to go back and listen to episode one of this podcast. I strongly believe it because I started this out last year in the middle of an, uh, a pandemic. And I did so saying, I'm just going to talk freely. This is going to be the one place where I, Jeff Manns, could talk freely, openly with a guest, without a guest, to you. And you guys will know my thoughts and feelings on whatever it is you want my thoughts and feelings on. Um, the hope is that I am go- always will have different opinions. I'm always going to have, um, you know, I'm not going to agree with you and you're not going to agree with me. That's not what the show's about. It's not what I'm about. I grew up in that environment. I've talked about my four brothers and sisters and five of us growing up, and to this day, we just don't really see eye to eye on most things. All of us, all of we, five of us fight all the time, and we disagree. But it's like we don't stop loving each other. We don't stop hanging out with each other. You know, it's I'm not used to this environment. I, I've in the last year or two, I've officially realized how old that I must be getting and how the world has changed. It's a big, scary place out there. And I don't know. And it's true. It's, it's happening to me because uh, I'm just not used to the environment that I have to say everything that people agree with. And um, so the first episode of this podcast was called get to know me. I recorded it. uh, I actually did the first couple episodes before the pandemic hit. Right. I I mean, that's how crazy this shit was you know before the pandemic i was launching this podcast and in it i went through everything a religious beliefs political beliefs sex drugs rock and roll everything you can imagine i just said Here, here's here's my soul all right and you go go listen to it that's what i'm about those things now one year later i'm sure i'll go back and listen to it and maybe a couple things have changed as far as my opinion is concerned and that's why I, something i talk about all the time that i'm not a finished product and uh, if you guys shouldn't be either, you really shouldn't be. We're, we're all evolving. We're all apes that are just every day we learn something new and evolve into something better, ideally every single day. 
Um, and I, I will not be a finished product uh, until the day I die, which could be tomorrow, could be 20 years from now, I don't know. So anyway, that, that's my thought on it. And that's why I opened it up. Ask me anything of the topics you guys want to hear. So I'll do that on the program here today as well. I uh, don't, fortunately, no politics really to talk about. So I can't offend you that way. Uh, we'll talk some, some football, that's for sure. But uh, it just wanted to, after some of the feedback last, from last week's episode, you know, people stick to sports. Now, fuck you. No, no, that ain't happening. I don't stick to shit. Not on this show. You don't tell me anything on this show. You don't got me by the balls the way you do maybe on Sirius XM or other places. Not here. I could talk about whatever I want. And uh, and that's what I will intend to do. But every now and then I'll post it out. I love to top, take on the topics that you guys want me to take on. Um, so w- without further ado, let's discuss a little bit about the upcoming week. Or let's review Wild Card Week and some of the things that happened there. Uh, the Cleveland Browns, my baby Browns, I strongly recommend. Go back, listen to episode 20, probably my finest hour plus. Uh, as far as I nailed the Cleveland Browns organization from top to bottom, told you I went through their schedule, predicted each and every victory and loss, and I think I got two two total games right, or that that flipped, I should say, two games wrong out of the entire freaking schedule, but nailed everything else, helped us win money in the future bets, and all of that. With all that being said, and as high as I was on the Browns, never did not see them beating the Pittsburgh Steelers last week, especially in the manner in which they did it. It started on the first snap of the game and the fumble in the end zone, and they just throttled them. And uh, I love to see it. it's a, a team that's young and maturing before our very eyes. Two weeks ago, they played the Steelers, and Steelers basically didn't play any of their starters, didn't play anybody. And uh, and Cleveland barely could get the victory. Now they brought in other starters and the Browns whooped them. So that's a team that's growing up before our eyes. I love to see it. I didn't predict it, but I love to see it. Um, some of those other games, I didn't see the Rams beat in Seattle. I can't, still can't believe they did it without a quarterback. Jared Goff's thumb looks like got ripped off in a screen door accident somewhere, right? It's all fucking jacked up. Um, Wolford went down early in that game, and they rode Cam Akers and their defense, uh, and basically Seattle's offense that couldn't do anything. So it'll be interesting to see. I have, I'm very high on DK Metcalf going into the future in Dynasty Leagues and going into the 2021 draft. He's my number two wide receiver, as a matter of fact. But I didn't like what I saw. I, I I'm not faulting him yet with his outburst and getting pissed and throwing his helmet around. I think he had every right to do it. I I think that Russell Wilson, something was up with Russell Wilson where he didn't want to throw the ball to DK Metcalf. And he only did so when it was absolutely mandatory. That's just weird. You want to establish your strength, right? It's, it's like, uh, I just talked about the podcast here, right? Um, the first show I did in the podcast, you know, people have been asking me to do podcasts for years and years and years. And I, I those who don't know, I had a success. I had number one podcast in, in sports, not fantasy. We didn't have a fantasy sports subculture back in 2007, 2008. Um, number one, you know, and I was doing it way back in the day. And, and so 
for the last five, six years, people, oh, I got to do a podcast. I got to do a podcast. And, you know, this is the one I wanted to do. This is the show I've been aiming to do. And the reason I started out with that episode, Get to Know Me, is because I didn't want any more bullshit. I didn't want you guessing who you're listening to and what I was about, because that would just, we'd just be wasting each other's time, whether it was what you wanted to listen to or what I wanted to say. I didn't want to sit here and fluff you the whole time. And, uh, and that's kind of, you start out with your strength, start out with the truth and, and go from there. It's, and that's a tip for all you folks in new relationships and stuff. Just be out there, man. Don't be afraid to show weakness uh, off the bat or in a relationship, I should say. Show, show strength too, though. You got to show your strength and that's bringing it back to the Seattle offense. You can't just fuck around and act as if you are you know, you don't have one of the most prolific wide receivers in the game at your disposal. You've got to establish him right off the bat. You have this weapon, show him, and then let everything play off of that. You know, same thing in a relationship or whatever. Show what you're about, show your strengths or what you see your strength to be, and then everything plays off of that. So um, Seattle didn't do it. LA gets the win. Congratulations to them. Uh, It was a good game with Baltimore and Tennessee. Thought it would be a little more higher scoring, although I didn't think it was going to go over the number. I did have that one under, so uh, ha- had that one and had Baltimore winning. And it was surprising because Tennessee was out 10 nothing right out of the gate. But at the end of the day, there was too much firepower. I feel like I had that game planned accordingly. And Lamar Jackson missed several throws. It makes me very nervous going into this game against Buffalo, who has a much tighter secondary, much tougher safeties. It- at least one cornerback in Tredavious White to throw against. Lamar missed several throws against the Titans who have loose coverage and a lot of separation there. So if they get behind, they're going to be in a lot of trouble because the Baltimore Ravens are going to have to run to compete. They're going to have to run to win. And that's not their bread and butter. That's not their, um, their strengths at all. So, uh, but it was it was good that Baltimore got the win. Lamar, that 48-yard run, just like, boom, like Bo Jackson and Super Tech Mobile or Tech Mobile back in the day, just poof, absolutely just like a pinball machine. Got that score. That really shocked Tennessee, put them on their heels defensively and allowed uh, Baltimore to get the, the victory. So that was a good one out of them. The New Orleans Saints beat the Bears. The Bears didn't show up. Mitch Trubisky just limped to the finish line. I mean, that this is what happens, though, man. You can't have – you're the Chicago Bears, and you're 8-8, eight and eight, you made the playoffs. Okay, congratulations, right? Congratulations that you, you did that, but you didn't have a quarterback. You You didn't sign Mitch Trubisky at all. Right. You, you just didn't, you didn't sign him. You didn't uh, uh, buy into it. Um, you didn't have him at, you, you know, he doesn't have any, ince- you didn't incentivize him with wanting to do anything, but finish the season in one piece and move on to the next phase of his career. Same thing with Allen Robinson. Another one. You didn't ha- do that. It's just crazy that you didn't do that. Right. It's just absolutely crazy to me that they, you know, Bears didn't lock up these assets on offense and are going into the 2021 offseason 
by the way, keeping Matt Nagy, keeping Ryan Pace, their general manager, and um, you just think it's all going to be okay. You know, it, it's it's wild to me. It really is. Um, so the Bears, I mean, no surprise, the outcome there. I will say <laughs> New Orleans and Sean Payton fucked around too much once again. You know, once again, going out, Deontay Harris, the number one target, most snaps, most targets. Michael Thomas got touchdown. Drew Brees didn't even shake his hand or high five. They never talked to each other the entire game. Completely bewildering how sour that relationship is between those two grown men. But, um, you know, New Orleans, if they do that this week, they're going to lose to Tampa Bay. You can't go and use your fourth or fifth option you know, Taysom Hill, Deontay Harris, these shouldn't be the guys carrying the bread for you. It needs to be Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, Drew Brees, Jared Cook. Man, those those are your men. Those are your guys. Everybody else fills in the cracks, and that's wonderful, but not your main weapons. So we'll see how that ends up going. Uh, Tampa Bay at Washington, the forgotten about game. Taylor Hankey, I think, got way too much credit. Played well. But I talked about it on the Sirius XM show Monday, beat writers not reporting that Ronald Jones had an injury. Ronald Jones not playing in the game. Nobody had any idea why until after. Oh, quad injury. Oh, oh yeah, he's been dealing with that for a week or so now. Oh, great. Well, we didn't fucking know about it. So another indication, another instance in which beat writers just screw us over and getting information proper information valid information useful information from beat writers are uh are just absolutely brutal as a matter of fact somebody sent this to me during the week right they were uh somebody in denver said that the denver brass john elway and vic fangio and all that they went out to dinner on whatever night they went to elway's steakhouse so i mean Right off the bat, big fucking deal, right? Who cares? But this is a beat writer reporting on this for um for you know for Denver Broncos fans, I guess. So whatever that reason is, and they like, oh, and here are the dinner orders, and the dinner orders are steak, steak, steak. Vic Fan, the big news: Vic Fangio ordered a cheeseburger or a burger. Okay, what? the f are you talking about who cares why is this important but that's what it is that's what it is all about it's absolutely amazing that that's what beat writers report that's what they're talking to you about and the information they're providing drives me absolutely crazy it should drive all you we should all ask for more we should demand more. We shouldn't follow these people. We shouldn't talk to these people. We shouldn't trust, definitely don't trust these people. And I, I said it on the air, and I'm not supposed to on the Sirius XM show. I had our producer, Phil Backert, talk about it with me. It is that, you know, it's why I don't do beat writers anymore on my show. I do them on the Sunday show. Bob Harris loves it. Bob Harris loves the beat writers and reporters. He still does it. And, that's his thing. He loves it. And uh, on Sunday morning, when they're at the game, they're actually on site and they have the most information they will ever have doing it, you know, spending 10 to 15 minutes on it like we do, I think is valid. I think it can, we, we've had some good information brought forward. 
But having these guys on just for the hell of it on a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, it doesn't make any sense. They don't tell us anything. They're not giving us any information. So it's just crazy to me. And uh, just another instance of that Ronald Jones situation. I mean, we didn't know who was starting for the Rams even. John Wolford, we didn't know he was starting until an hour before game time. Right? Hour before game time, we didn't know. It's absolutely nauseating to me. But uh, so that's sort of the – that's my recap of the wild card round uh, this past weekend. We move on to the divisional round. I'll go game by game here. I've got a lot to talk about. You guys are filling up the the, the Twitter thread here with a lot of cool topics. Uh, A lot of coaching. You guys want to hear coaching. God, I love you. Oh, I love it. Love that because we actually have breaking news on the podcast. How about that? Urban Meyer has officially agreed, signed his contract to be in Jacksonville. He will be the new head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Obviously, this means we, we already knew that Urban Meyer was in the Jacksonville Jaguars were going to draft Trevor Lawrence first, which they likely will. So uh, that is that you're, you're going to see um, an Urban Meyer offense with Trevor Lawrence. I think that's a match made in heaven. You know, Urban Meyer offense is uh, very spread, very uh, a, a pass heavy uh, type of situation, type of offense. And, uh, you know, it's something where you'll see a lot of RPOs. And you'll see a lot of, uh, you know, using Trevor Lawrence's running ability, which I think is undervalued, really, if you can believe it or not. But, um, you know, this is going to be a wide open offense. They spread the field out and uh, they they put the ball in the quarterback's hand to make plays to give it to get it to the right players in space to make big plays. It's not a dink and dunk type of system, right? it's so it's just something that is being evolved every single year, every single season in the national football league level, something the college football has had for years. I mean, it goes back to, uh, you know, fun and gun and Steve Spurrier and, and, um, all those kind of players, you know, but, uh, it, it's a lot of zone reads and a lot of options and putting a lot of trust in the quarterback to make those plays. And uh, I think it's perfect. It's going to put pressure on the defense. It's going to uh, make a real good fantasy quarterback out of Trevor Lawrence. And uh, it's going to be exciting to watch as a Jaguar fan. And if you got young guys like DJ Chark and James Robinson, I think it's going to be a lot of fun there too. So I like the, I like the move. Um, I thought Dabble Sweeney would have been an all time phenomenal move just to bring Clemson's head coach to Jacksonville to be with Trevor Lawrence, who's East coach, install that version of the offense uh, in Jacksonville. I think that would have been the nuts, but Urban Meyer's not a bad hire whatsoever. And that's uh, officially happening in the, um, in, in Jacksonville now. So Urban Meyer going there. Hoy. Um, so Looking at the divisional round of the NFL playoffs, we'll start with the first game on Saturday, Rams and Packers at Lambeau. You know, Packers having the bye week, resting up and all that. I'm not a big fan of bye weeks for NFL teams. I think they're more detrimental than they are helpful. The only time they're helpful is when you're 
being becoming healthy and uh, you needed to rest for whatever reason, an older team, a veteran team uh, and all that. So I don't, yeah, I, I think that the Packers, this is as good as a matchup for green Bay as they could have hoped for Rams are tough defensively, but when you talk about, you talk about Aaron Donald hurt with that rib injury and he was in massive amounts of pain and you limit him even a little bit. It, it's a side, every percentage that he is in a hundred percent makes so much more of an impact over your standard median player that I, I think that's something to really watch. And I wouldn't doubt green Bay. If I was the green Bay Packers, I'd come out of the gate and run the ball right at him and just make Aaron Donald work, put as much pain, start, start getting him flustered and hurt early, early, early in that game, start getting his wind knocked out of him. Remember the rib injury knocks the wind out of you. It's a chain reaction. It's only so many plays. I would bet he can make it and start really ringing it up. And if you have success, keep doing it and then hit him with the overhand, right? The thing to watch, the best thing about this game is the matchup between Devontae Adams and Jalen Ramsey. I've talked all week about how we can't count on a dozen targets for Devontae Adams in this matchup because it just, that's not a good place to put the football. Aaron Rodgers, why he has, what is it, 89 career interceptions only? I mean, you think about how low that fucking number is and itch. That's sick. Aaron Rodgers is disgusting when it comes to accuracy ball placement one of the best i've ever seen in my life and you know it's why he has a 48 to 5 touchdown interception ratio but he just doesn't throw interceptions just not something he does and he doesn't do it just because of wizardry he also he's very accurate yes 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 but he also he also doesn't put the ball in danger very often you know he just doesn't put the ball up for grabs you know, the only time he does that is when he knows he has a penalty and then, then he'll throw the ball up. That's why it's so odd. People think, oh, it stands out so much because Aaron Rodgers doesn't just float the ball downfield unless there's an offsides. He catches somebody offsides and, you know, has a free plate. So he's not going to throw the ball at Jalen Ramsey just because, well, my number one guy is Devontae Adams. No, Aaron Rodgers will just pepper the other players with targets. That means more for Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Alan Lazard, and Robert Tunyon. I think those three are all good DFS plays this week, under-the-radar, one-and-done type fantasy leagues. I like all three of them. If I had to rank them, I would go Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Tunyon, Lazard. You know? So uh, that's the way I would rank the three of those. Uh, I think they're all in play. You know, I think Marquez Valdez-Scantling has a significant size advantage over all the rest, the non-shadow uh, coverage of the LA Rams that uh, it, it's, you put that, that kind of size on top of his speed. He's got, you know, you don't expect a big guy like that to have that kind of speed, you know, down the field. And you don't expect them to be able to get downfield on you that quickly. So um, 
I think it's going to be a dangerous matchup for the Rams defense. I think that's one that Aaron Rodgers does take advantage of. Saw the week 17, took a couple shots downfield to MBS. He made one of the big plays and then dropped the other one, uh, you know, right through his wickets. But you put him, you're talking about, I believe it's an eight or nine inch height differential over Darius Williams for MBS. That's just too much. It's too great. It's too great. And that's where I would expect the football to go so i'm looking at that i from the Rams standpoint offensively all they have is the running game you know the green bay defense not good against the run um they had allowed 4.7 yards per carry against this year i think that was eighth or ninth worst in the entire league uh if you could run on the Packers and you get close enough to keep running you're in a very very good spot so uh, I think that that's got to be the game plan. Cam Akers, highly, re- highly regarded in DFS and in one-and-done type leagues uh, this week against the Green Bay Packers. The key to that is you just can't have – you can't have the Packers getting out to a two- or three-score lead. Once that happens, then they're going to be forced into throwing, and th- they're done once they have to throw because you're going to shut down half the field with Jair Alexander against Robert Woods, right? That's going to be shut off. Cooper cup already is banged up with a knee injury. We don't know if he's even going to play the report today is he's still not practicing. That's uh, you know, early Saturday games, less time for him to recover. So I don't think Cooper, there's a good chance Cooper cup doesn't play. And if Cooper cup doesn't play Jair sits down. I mean, it's going to be Van Jefferson. It's going to be Robert or uh, Josh Reynolds. They're going to have to do it with a Jared Goff. Looks like he had his thumb ripped off in the screen door, like I said earlier. So good luck. Uh, good luck with that. I, I have no expectations of the Rams offense whatsoever outside of Cam Akers. Baltimore, Buffalo. This is the best game, really, uh, of Saturday. I think New Orleans, Tampa is a very good game, too. But I like Baltimore, Buffalo. Two teams that are, are both ready to win. I'm, they're built to win. They're ready to win now. And our both teams fancied themselves as the one that can knock off the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC. And to do that, they're each going to have to score. For Baltimore, I mean, Baltimore side of things, you beat the Bills defense on the ground and by throwing to tight ends, which, oh, by the way, that's exactly what the Ravens offense is. Throwing outside of the, the hashes and throwing it outside and down the field which is the strength of the Buffalo defense is the absolute weakness of the Baltimore offense. So this is a great matchup for Baltimore. It's why I think Baltimore really hangs around. It's only a point and a half spread as we sit here recording this, but uh, Bill surrendered fifth most rushing yards per attempt this season. And, you know, as long as Josh Allen and the Bills offense don't come out of the gate. And I don't think Baltimore, we saw that against Tennessee. And I think that was very telling being down 10 to nothing. They didn't stop doing what they do. They didn't get too, they didn't get that freaked out. And that's Tennessee who's beat them before, who has big playmakers in AJ Brown and has a tremendous running game in Derrick Henry. Baltimore stayed true to what they are, ran the football, you know, 
went down, kicked that field goal, started marching down, then got that 48-yard touchdown run to Lamar Jackson. That's exactly what they'll have to do if, in Buffalo this week if Buffalo gets out to the elite. Buffalo's been good in the first quarter, putting up points. Josh Allen's been amazing. And uh, if they go out to a 7 nothing, 10 nothing, even 14 nothing lead, as long as Baltimore keeps running the ball, they will be okay in this ballgame. It's going to be close. All right. So, uh, you know, Bill's 13th most rushing yards allowed, eighth most rushing touchdowns, also 12th most uh, uh, fantasy points overall to running backs. They've also allowed the third most rushing touchdowns to quarterbacks this this season, at least during the regular season. And that's good for Lamar Jackson there as well. Last week, we pointed to Jack Doyle as your pay down, your best pay down option for the tight end spot. Sure enough, he absolutely rolled, including a touchdown and a two point conversion against the Buffalo Bills. Bills have trouble guarding the tight end. It's been a bugaboo of theirs all season long. And, uh, you know, second most targets, most receptions, second most receiving yards, eighth most fantasy points given up to that tight end spot. Mark Andrews needs to be a big priority for Baltimore to stay in this game from the Bills uh, perspective. There isn't a weakness on the Baltimore Ravens defense. Right. There isn't my man, Phil Backert, the producer, our IDP a producer, Sirius XM show, IDP guy at fantasyguru.com, big Baltimore Ravens fan. You know, he pointed out, this is why you draft Patrick Queen. It's why you get Calais Campbell, why you sign Marcus Peters, Matt Judon, you franchise. Like this is why that drive, the last drive of the Tennessee Titans was why you put all those assets in place on the defense side of the ball. And sure enough, Marcus Peters, they got the pressure. Clayus Campbell got the pressure. Marcus Peters got the interception. It's exactly what you pay for. And they don't have a weakness. They just don't. You know, are there things they can do? Sure. Um, you know, one of the, one of the elements, if you want to look for a weakness, the only weakness you find at Baltimore is pass catching running backs. Well, they don't have Zach Moss for Buffalo. I think that's going to be a loss, specifically if they were to build a lead. Because Devin Singletary as the uh, <laughs> the feature back, not something that installs a lot of confidence to me. But Singletary can catch the ball, and he, he can be weaponized out of that backfield. Uh, Ravens, uh, you know, gave up eighty-one receptions. That was thirteenth most to running backs this season. It's an opportunity there to catch the ball out of the backfield. Buffalo to win though has to run their offense. They have it has to be Josh Allen. You have to get Stephon Diggs. Uh, loose and you know, they're not going to shadow him with any kind of coverage. So he's going to see a lot of, uh, of Marcus Peters in this game, which I, I think he is a very good advantage. I think Stefan Diggs versus Marcus Peters is a big advantage for Buffalo. So if I'm Baltimore, I'd rather get, uh, I'd rather have Marlon Humphrey or um, Jimmy Smith on the other side, any one of them against Stefan Diggs, but if you line it up, you know, Marcus Peters plays the left side the majority of the time, whereas Stefan Diggs plays about a third and left on the right and in the slot. So if you're going to let, if you're going to keep Peters out there on that left side and allow Buffalo line up how they want, they're going to get Diggs on Peters. And I think that's a big advantage uh, for Stefan Diggs. So uh, that's the way I have that one going. Bills just have to play their game and it's going to be up to Josh Allen to win it. 
The Sunday games, Cleveland versus Kansas City. What could I say about my baby Browns? I love these guys uh, so much, but their strength is the Kansas City defense weakness. The Browns have what it takes to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Are they going to do it? I do not think they're going to. No, I don't. But this is the kryptonite to Kansas City. It's going to be a... This is where you talk about coaching. You talk about experience and why it matters. It matters for these kind of matchups. A young team that's just kind of developing and just starting to figure out who they are. You know, you saw it a lot against Pittsburgh. After Pittsburgh started storming back, Pittsburgh's or uh, Cleveland's offense came back and counterpunched. Big play to Nick Chubb in the pass game. Play action pass to Jarvis Landry. Found Jarvis Landry being covered by the linebacker like T.J. Watt. Taking advantage. The, the Browns figured it all out. You know, just trying to figure it all out. And that that's a good thing. Because against Kansas City, you know, the Chiefs are the second worst DVOA against the run this season. All right? Uh, gave up the 12th most rushing yards per attempt. The ninth most rushing yards, third most receptions to running backs, Kareem Hunt, most receiving yards, 10th most fantasy points to running backs overall. And you got the best one-two punch in the NFL in Nick Chubb and uh, and Kareem Hunt. Who, oh, by the way, Kareem Hunt, you, you're Kansas City. You drafted him in third round a few years ago. You built around him and a young nucleus of Tyreek, who you stuck with, by the way, who uh, you know did a lot. And terrible things in college. His pregnant girlfriend was on tape recording last year. They stuck by Tyreek Hill. They jettisoned Kareem Hunt for uh, a domestic abuse case back in 2018. Like you gave up on one guy. That's got to stick in Kareem Hunt's grill. I bet you it does. You almost cost him his entire career. Cleveland gave him a chance. You don't think he wants to stick it to the Brown to the Chiefs? You're you're never going to see Kareem Hunt play harder than he does this week. Nothing he wants more. And I think that bodes very well because I think Nick Chubb going to shred this Kansas City defense. I think Kareem Hunt could shred this Kansas City defense. So it's just a matter of what can the Browns defense do? Can they slow down the uh, Can they slow down the, the Chiefs offense? And no, the answer is no. Nobody can. Nobody slows them. You can slow them. You can't stop them. So the way the Cleveland's going to have to win this in a very direct way, whoever gets the ball first, if Cleveland gets the ball first, they have to take a long drive. It has to be short passes. You don't want to score early. You want to keep that offense off the field. You, you want to get Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Baker Mayfield lathered up, Jarvis Landry into the game. You got to possess the ball for long, sustained drives. They do that, come down. Kansas City will probably score. Bing, boom, bang, like they always do. Fast, fast, fast. You know, you, but then you have another long drive. And then what happens? The Cleveland defense studies on the sideline. Joe Woods, one of the best defensive coordinators. Uh, I'll say, well, he's one of the better defensive coordinators in the game. I said that before the season. And he's definitely one of the best defensive backfield strategists, which that's, you know, figuring out how do you slow Tyreek Hill? How do you take him out of the game? How do you defense against Travis Kelsey, Nicole Hardman? That's what he'll do in real time. And that's a, that's a benefit, but he needs time to adjust. 
and to adjust his players to adjust. So that's how Cleveland has a path to win. It's going to be too much firepower overall, though. Kansas City is just tough, man. Kansas City just that lightning fast score on a whim. They can run the ball better than people give them credit for. And now, uh, as of this recording, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire missed practice on Thursday. That could be – that's something to watch. If that happens, if he doesn't play for some reason, um, which I would be – I was surprised about. I thought he'd be good to go three weeks off. Uh, I think uh, – I thought CEH would be in, in a – you know, totally fine by now. So this does throw me off a little bit. Look for Daryl Williams to be the guy here in, uh, in Kansas city. And if that's the case, you know, I, I think against Cleveland, it's a darn good matchup for him too, but Kansas city will, offense ultimately will just be too much for the Cleveland defense. And then the last game of, of divisional round Tampa Bay, New Orleans, the battle of two 100 year old quarterbacks, New Orleans should run away with it. They should win the game, but they keep farting around. Taysom Hill, Deontay Harris, just randoms. There's no chemistry here whatsoever between um, Michael Thomas and Drew Brees. That's going to be a problem uh, between those two. You know, that New Orleans needs to win the game in that direction. You can't run against Tampa Bay very well, but you can check down pass up the ass against them. And that needs to be the focus. That needs to be what New Orleans uh, comes out and does. You need to use Alvin Kamara in that regard, Jared Cook in that regard, and you know, quick over the middle passes to Michael Thomas and crew. You know, that's that's what's going to take. Last year, twenty nineteen, Michael Thomas destroyed Tampa Bay, and this is the same secondary. Same coaching staff, folks. It's, I mean, Tom Brady's there, but he doesn't play defense. Michael Thomas put up 23 targets, 19 receptions, 296 yards, and three touchdowns in two meetings against the, the Buccaneers. Same quarterback, same scheme, same everything. No reason he can't do that this time around, too. I, I worry about it. And if you're looking for the, from a DFS or fantasy standpoint, uh, the the under the radar team or that one nobody's talking about. Oh, well, I mean, there's only eight teams, so everybody's talking about everybody. But I think Tampa Bay's the value. Tampa Bay hasn't had much success against the Saints. I think they'll drive ownership down in, in those two games. Brady threw for 448 yards, two touchdowns, and five interceptions in the two games against New Orleans during the regular season. But it's Tom Brady. It's playoff Tom Brady rises to the challenge. Right. If you're looking for an under the radar, there, there's two paths here. One, New Orleans, their, their trickery, their gimmicks, and or, or maybe they don't go gimmicky. Their offense gets after it and puts the Tampa Bay defense on its heels and scores, gets up. That means Tampa Bay's going to have to abandon the run and go all out passing that way. If Tampa, if good Tom Brady shows up, if no risk it, no biscuit, Bruce Arians comes out of the gate. Being aggressive against the weak part of this New Orleans defense, which is their secondary, that's positive for Tom Brady and this passing game too. I look at a guy like Antonio Brown to be the X factor here. Mike Evans and Marshawn Lattimore have had their beefs. Evan Lattimore gets in Evans's head every time out. It's weird, and Evans just doesn't produce against the Saints very well. 
All right. Chris Godwin, very, very good. Very, very solid chain mover. And I think he'll be fine. But I look at Antonio Brown, who has absolutely destroyed both Marshawn Lattimore and Janoris Jenkins every single time he's gone up against them. Not just in New Orleans, by the way. Uh, Lattimore, New Orleans, he put up 185 two touchdowns back in 2018 with the Steelers, 19 targets, by the way, 14 receptions in that game against Lattimore, primarily in coverage, just clowned him. But he's killed Janoris Jenkins in the past, too. It Janoris Jenkins. Oh my God. It's Jenkins is better against taller, bigger receivers. Jenkins against Mike Evans would make a lot of sense. That's a good matchup for them. But then that puts Antonio Brown on Lattimore. Fantastic for Brown. Or if Lattimore's on Evans and gets in Evans's head, then Antonio Brown versus the slow footed uh, Janoris Jenkins is dynamite. I love Antonio Brown this week. I, that's Tampa Bay's best chance of winning. So I, I like that very, very much as well. So that's the path over there. So that's my breakdowns for this divisional round. See where we're at on time. Oh, boy, I've been yammering nonstop about these divisional games. I want to uh, – a, a couple of things. One, I want to thank our sponsor, Stat Hero, which we, uh, we always love Stat Hero. They do great work with us. Um, and are constantly evolving and uh, uh, finding new and creative ways to play DFS and and uh, d- basically it, it's I hate even saying they're DFS because it's not even DFS it's just fantasy games you know and I know that's the market that they're going for but uh, um, you know this new sports book idea is very very good it's a lot of fun to play and it puts you in control you don't have to worry about everybody else uh and how many sharks are playing in your contest what kind of lineups they're going to have it doesn't matter so uh remember to check out stathero.com uh use the promo code elite 25% match on your first deposits and you could play from any mobile device. You could, their app is absolutely phenomenal um, as well. And uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Make sure you go out, tell them elite sent you, tell them Jeff man sent you, they'll hook you up with the best deal possible. And then you get uh, you're in control of your fantasy destiny at that point, everybody. I mean, when you don't have to worry about the competition, that advantage is massive. It's just so huge because I spend the majority of my time, especially in a week like this, I break down the matchups and and the players and all that. Sure. To me, that's easy. That's the easy part. It's, I mean, it's fucking easy. I don't even, I don't worry about that at all. What matters, what I look at is what are the rest of these people doing? What are, you know, what my, what's the competition going to do? What are these lineup trains doing? Right. You know, are, what are the lineup trains doing? What, what are, what's ownership going to be here? How are people going to luck into it? How are they going to beat us? You know, what's the lucky thing there? So um, it, it's a good time again, stat hero uh, and stathero.com. Everybody go out there and uh, get into it. They do NBA contests for all your NBA people on top of NFL. They do all the, all the major sports. All right, let's do it. I want to get into this. Uh, I asked you guys, ask me anything. And I love, love, love to go through this and, uh, and just 
all of your questions and just blanket it. So I'm going to go through right in order as they show up on my uh, Twitter uh, account here at Jeff underscore Mance, by the way. Oh, my dude, Eric Iani, one of my uh, longtime guys. Love, love Eric. Uh, out of all the offensive and defense coordinators being evaluated for head coach spots, which teams and coaches would be a good fit? Example being Brian DeBall to the Chargers. This is interesting. Um, you know, as far as like the best and worst candidates, we, we did that the other day as far as you know, the best head coach candidates. It, it goes down like this. I look at a head coach as an entirely different job. I don't necessarily like Gary Kubiak being the head coach. It's fine. All right, he brings a great system. But Jeff, I thought you love Gary Kubiak's system. I do. But I don't think that um, – yeah, I like him as offense coordinator, which he was in Minnesota the last couple of years. That, to me, is the jackpot. I want these guys coordinating offenses. I want the head coaches to be guys who – will allow them to do that and to run that job and run interference while they are doing their job. That's really the best course of action. So as far as the best offensive coordinators and defense coordinators being evaluated, um, you know, best fits. uh, Listen, (laughs) I like Joe Brady from an offensive standpoint. So Brady if you put him in LA with the Chargers, because I think the Chargers is the best job. They're loaded with the best talent. That's one that I, I like the most, you know, um, as far as you know, Robert Sala, who's their defensive coordinator, um, you know, him going, he's a good fit in New York for the Jets. What, number one, they have a little bit of defense. They don't, Jets really don't have anything. Let's be honest, but there's two things. Defense is an effort. It, it's F, it's about effort as much as it is about anything else. Robert Sala is a rah rah guy, rah rah up, you know everything. Let's go and all that. He he's one of those type of coaches, so he could help that defense play up. I really believe in that. So and, and he's good for he's a younger guy, younger team that it's going to be. I, I think all that. I think he's a good fit in New York for that one. Urban Meyer already got the job. We mentioned is a great fit for Trevor Lawrence, DJ Chark, James Robinson in Jacksonville. I think that's going to be a great one. Brian Dable, I just don't know what he is because he changed. You know, he's the guy that that screwed me up. Like, I don't, you know, Dable, is he just, I'm going to take the best talent, do whatever everybody else uh, doesn't see. I hope that's who he is because it'll keep us all on our toes. It'll keep everybody else. Uh, it'll keep all the uh, next, wherever he goes, it'll keep all them on their toes as well. So I, I like that uh, a great deal as well. So um, let's see what other, you know, Texans job is as long as you get to Sean Watson, as bad as it may seem as barren as the cupboard is i still think it's a good job because of deshaun watson i I would love to see (laughs) with jack easterby and i talked about this on the show with him in houston i don't know if any head coach has any chance there so it's got to be somebody that can put up with easterby can either get through to the players or make it us versus them meaning the players and team over Easterby in the front office or somebody Easterby endorses that really likes that just so happens is also good and relates to Deshaun Watson. I just don't know who that player, that person is. 
So uh, there you go, Eric. I know it's it's a tough question. I, I should do a whole article on you know who lines up the best for um, for those types of situations. Uh, Clay Hennard, another one of my dudes. Playoff NFL DFS and GPPs. Uh, being contrarian versus being too cute. This is a tremendous, tremendous question. Uh, what should we do to look to avoid doing? And if you want to keep that gold behind the paywall, just read your article this weekend. Hell yeah, just read the article. No, uh, you know, bring it to you guys. Um, I agree. Last week, we were profitable. Every Ted and I did three lineups, all right? Three different lineups, and everyone cashed in every contest we entered it in. That's amazing. That doesn't happen. When I do three lineups, I'm assuming my assumption or whatever it was, it will one, I'm assuming one is going to cash. I'm going to have one of my builds will be the right build and go the right way. And the other two are going to lose, right? That's the whole reason. So it's rare to sort of middle and hit all three of them. It just is rare and I think the reason is, is a lot of people did get too cute. I didn't last week with six games. I didn't feel we had to be that cute. I didn't think we had to do it. So um, this weekend, you have to be a little cuter. You have to put a little finer touch on the ball, if you will, because there's less games, only four of them. But I don't think you have to do anything too bold. And, you, and remember, don't do it at quarterback. Okay. Um don't you know, play the most obvious chalk. If there's obvious chalk, whether it be Kamara, Mahomes, Tyreek, or whatever, Kelsey, play that guy. Just lean into that. And then in a spot where you got to remember, like those are the spots. There's a reason they're the chalky players. The Kansas City offense have the best matchups against Cleveland. That you, you've no reason you don't fade that just to fade that. Okay, you you, you don't fade that. You do, you know, everybody else, think of this. You want, you're going to invest in the Kansas City offense. You build around Mahomes and Tyreek. We'll just assume that, okay? So, and, and so does your competition. So it's neutral, no big deal. Then you've got to keep going down. All right, what, what's the rest of their build? Well, now they're going here. They're going to use Devin Singletary because uh, Singletary's in a, uh, is very cheap and is priced as the backup running back in Buffalo, but he's the starter. And, and then they'll, they'll also Deontay Harris is their super cheap punt play that got a ton of volume last week that everybody's going to use to make that fit. So then, you know, you start going down the, the, the food chain and then you say, all right, fuck Deontay Harris. I'm not going to invest in this. No, that's the spot that you get cute. That's where you get different. You get different at those spots. And then you're going to glide with everybody, with Mahomes and all that, and with the, the stud guys. And then your difference makers, who the guys who are cheaper, they're cheaper for a reason. And they're cheaper because they're, they're more volatile. That's the place that you're taking on less risk, but you have more upside. Just find a different pivot. Instead of Deontay Harris, go with uh, Nicole Hardman. Go with Alan Lazard. Go with uh, uh, Van Jefferson in L.A. So that that's uh, what I would say. Oh, my dude, Patio Joe. Uh, keeper question for 2021, DK Metcalf in the third round. Yes. Oh, shoot, you have another one. Or Ridley in the fourth. How dare you, you son of a bitch. Uh, these are my favorites. I drafted Ridley and Metcalf, one of my uh, 
winning teams had both. The other one, uh, I think I played against Medcalf, I'm not mistaken. Um, I want to see who Atlanta brings in as their, as their head coach offense coordinator. But most of the – this is going to be Medcalf in the third. It, I mean, they're super close. Both good values. Both I, I have – I have a first round grade on Metcalf already. I think I do have Ridley in the second. So that's kind of the answer there. Both tremendous, but uh, I would go DK. Ron asks, are the White Sox for real? Are we still a player two way? Oh, I love it. I love them signing Liam Hendricks. Uh, I, I think that's a real good move. White Sox are ready to win. And I'll tell you what, this is where I wish I was a a manager or a general manager of a team. If I'm the Chicago White Sox and I got all this amazing talent, right? Just, just really just amazing all around the horn. Um, you know, I, I would, there's everybody, there's so many free agents. There's guys like uh, George Springer that, that are available um, and, and a bunch of other guys that are you know, really top end players like Marcelo Zuna, uh, uh, Real Muto, even though you have Yasmani Grandal, and James Paxton, Trevor Bauer, Chris Archer, Kirby Yates, you know, DJ LeMay, like fucking just go and get, get a couple of these guys. Go and get, sign a couple more free agents, veteran guys to add to this roster and let Tony La Russa do his thing. This is a team that's ready to win now. So I think, yeah, they're ready to win now. I would love to see them add another pitcher or two. Um, another bat never would hurt either in the middle of that lineup. But uh, I think they're ready, Ron. Thoughts on recent hirings in the NFL? Most intriguing remaining options as far as coach and GM. Kind of talked about that. All right. Um, I, I kind of you know talked about most intriguing options. I, I would love for a Lincoln Riley to get a chance at, at the NFL level. It doesn't look like he's going to do it. Would love Dabo to uh, break off Clemson. He's not going to do that. So, um, you know, I, I mean, those are the more intriguing. I, I'm interested in what some of these college coaches can do, the wrinkles that they bring in the NFL level to spread offenses and, and uh, option offenses, as Urban Meyer will be doing. I like that. I like Joe Brady a lot from Carolina. I think that's what he's done to uh, in New Orleans to, he wasn't a big part of New Orleans. He doesn't get that much credit, but he did it at LSU and he did a damn good job in Carolina his first year. So th- those are the most intriguing ones to me. Early NFL sleepers to keep an eye on during the NFL offseason. Well, always look at the free agents, Allen Robinson, Aaron Jones, these guys who are not going to be back with their respective teams. You got to look at those situations. Um, and then, you know, there's two things with NFL free agency. Where is Aaron Jones going? Does he sign in Jacksonville? Something like that. I mean, New England. I mean, you know, there's a lot of different places for New York Jets. Does he get an opportunity there? Um, you know, maybe Tampa Bay would be a hell of a place for him to land uh, out there. But it also, then you also got to look at the other side. All right, he's gone. Now Green Bay, what do we have? Oh, we have A.J. Dillon. Now is he going to be the starter? So, uh, you know, look at those situations. Look at the top free agents. Look at where they're going to be playing next year. And 
um, their potential landing spots, who has cap money. And, uh, and those are the most uh, intriguing sleepers. Um, on top of that, you know, comeback players are always good sleepers. A guy like Joe Mixon, who's there's a third round, almost a fourth round grade on Joe Mixon right now in a mock draft that I did uh, right after the new year. And I think that's just crazy. It's Clyde Edwards Hilaire. He's going to bounce back in a big way for this chiefs offense. So those are the places to look the Tommy G story. Uh, well, I, I told the story with Tommy on one of the previous podcasts, Rob Brink and I will be doing a whole podcast about elite sports and um, why we're not dead yet. Why everybody, um, was anticipating our death you know tommy leaving draft sheet kevin adams uh jeff collins you know all these guys um that left the company and everyone thought oh we're gonna every time somebody left everybody said um we were gonna die and the company was going under we're still here and we had a massively successful 2020 and we're looking good in 2021 already so rob and i will talk about that and that will we'll discuss the tommy g side of things as well um i'm not going to dodge the question though and be an asshole to you i tommy g went in a different direction okay and um when he left i didn't have i have no problem with it he you know i'd never have a problem with somebody doing what they want to do I, I don't understand why people do you know like I said to you guys at the start, you can, I want to talk about one thing and you want me to talk about other, like, what can we do in the middle? Is there a way we could work it out? You know? And that's what I, I live my life that way. And that's the way, you know, when Tommy left, that's what it was. Now in, in hindsight and retrospect, which is a dangerous place to live. Like what, what trapped Tommy makes me angry and heartbroken at the same time. I don't like that shit. I think it's garbage. And I think it, it caused a lot of people, not only Tommy, I look at, I told you the last podcast, the lady that lost her life at the, the Capitol building is it breaks my fucking heart. Nobody should die for that kind of shit. And, you know, Tommy left a, a job that if we told you the amount of money that he walked away from, all you, you wouldn't even believe it. You, you couldn't believe it. And the opportunity, and it'll never come back. And no matter what he wants to say, he's not rich and famous, and it wasn't a good move for his life. And it breaks my heart. As a friend, as a man, it breaks my absolute heart that uh, it happened. And he got fooled by some movement. That's not a movement. I, it's one thing to be a part of it, and that's you believe in it. It's another thing to be tricked and fall for a scam. And that, that whole QAnon shit is a scam. I'm sorry. And I know some of you believe it. And you're yelling at me, but it's not, there's no, I don't even want to, I don't know how to debate with people that it's not, you know, it's not real. There's no special organization of people. The only thing I could say is, even if there is, it doesn't matter to you. You don't, your job isn't to be the hero. You're not stopping anybody or anything. Stop pretending that you are maybe it's sad to think that your life does you're not you don't have the tools you're not gonna but 
that's what reality is. Reality is saying, I am Jeff Manns and I host a radio show and do a pretty decent job, provide for my family, do a decent job, but I'm not going to be able to stop the band of amphibious people that lizards that are holding a bunch of kids hostage underneath the ground or some secret society. I'm not the guy I'm not doing that. I've, but Jeff, how could you just let it happen? I'm not letting anything happen. I it's not, I've never seen it and I don't know it. It's not my job to investigate what everybody in the world may or may not be doing. I have a job and obligation to my wife and kids and you listeners and you and my business owners and partners. That's who means something to me. That's who matter. I don't know about secret organizations. Go ahead, have a secret organization. I don't feel like somebody is fooling me because they have a secret organization doing God knows what. I know there's crimes happening every day all over the world and lots of different people are doing it. I know people lie to my face and politicians suck and religious leaders suck. I know this information. I am not fooled by it, but it doesn't impact me. I keep going. I'm going to go and drink a ginger ale after the show. Why? Because I fucking want a ginger ale. That's why I'm going to go eat a bag of shitty chips tonight when my wife goes to sleep and can't watch me because I like it. It tastes good in my stupid fat belly. That's why. And the lizard people will have to wait. I'm not letting them get in my way. And I wish Tommy didn't either. Uh, Who was I most surprised by in the NFL this year? The bills. Easy, easy. The bills. Uh, This is a podcast. You're going to talk about Tommy G. Can't wait for that. I I just did Mike. We'll We'll talk. That podcast is coming. Thoughts on George Payton. Uh, Paton, I'm sorry, the new GM on Denver. I like it. Done a real good job of college scouting for the Minnesota Vikings. Those are my types of dudes. I think that's a good land for Denver. I think Denver has a real big base of talent in their organization. I think George Payton will, uh, or Paton will help with that considerably. F. Mary Kill. I love that. Chubb Acres Moss. How dare, well, I'm killing Moss. I'm effing. Acres and I'll marry Chubb. Uh, do you think Deshaun Watson gets traded? I think there's a good chance he does. I don't see him. La- I don't think this Easter Bay stuff. Easter Bay is, is good. I think it's horrible. I think that organization's in real trouble, and either he goes or Watson goes. So I think there's a better than chance. I have a 51 percent chance. Yes, and I did not think that a week or two ago. And the basketball and beyond ads is that Mike Shashevsky every time. Or is that you doing an impression? I'll never tell. What really went down in the Elite Mafia? That's uh, the podcast for me and Rob Brink. Hopefully, we'll just do that next week because a lot of people ask it about that. Are you going to take a vacation and go away this year? Um, I am going to take a vacation because it's mandated. Um, both of my Sirius XM contract. They literally did that. I should talk about my latest contract, Sirius XM, just renewed for another year. They do. They force me to take a week vacation. I won't take it during the football season. I don't take it most of the year, but I take it in February, like a week or two after the Super Bowl. Like So every February I do, I'll tell you, I will not be going away this year. I'm not going to travel until – I don't want motherfuckers coughing on me and shit. Like, I'm done with that, right? Um, so um, that's where I uh, – that's where – that's the way I say uh dude doesn't matter what you talk about it's gold every time i love that thank you alex i always found dfs so frustrating but uh just a few of your tips along the way core four i've been cashing every week king of serious xm fans oh thank you bro that's uh uh i love that very very kind i uh i, I really appreciate that 
Uh, thoughts on Eric Bieniemy as a head coach with Andy Reid? Well, you don't have great success. You know, Doug Peterson, Matt Nagy are two guys that are on the hot seat. Peterson gone, obviously. And so why are you going to go to the same well with Eric Bieniemy? Now, can Bieniemy be different, different flavor, all that good stuff? Yeah. Yeah, but I'm not overly optimistic. Um, I think it's one of the biggest misconceptions about coaching in the NFL is that just because you were in somebody's aura around them, that um, that makes you a good head coach or a good head coach candidate. I, I just don't believe that to be true. I think that's that's fool's gold, in my opinion. So I don't like that whatsoever. Shit, I got a lot more questions here to answer. I uh, I'm running late. I don't like these things taking more than an hour. I'm at about an hour and eight minutes right here. So I'm going to have to, to uh, line it up. I'll answer these questions online or I'll get to them next time. I'm going to save them all for you as well. Appreciate you guys uh, asking me those questions on the ask me, ask man's ask me anything type uh, one. I'm going to get Rob Brink on. I think me and him need to sit down and do that. The history or the story, the real story behind elite sports that podcast very very soon right now i want to talk about something stat hero just released that's never happened before the first daily fantasy sports book is now live that's right folks sounds exciting doesn't it it's called rivals talked about this it's a dfs sports book here's how it works stat hero posts a lineup for a head-to-head matchup against the house you choose the stakes play a dollar play a thousand dollars you go any stakes you want if you win you double up whatever you put into it. Those maniacs at Stat Hero are changing the game again, folks. First, it was fantasy-based survivor pools, which were amazing. A lot of Elite Mafia members won uh, in that one. I know saw a lot of Mafia members. I got sent multiple contests because you guys were chopping against each other, meaning you just kind of split it, which is another great feature of Stat Hero. I love the fact that they let you do that. Um, so now you can play the house one-on-one in a daily fantasy contest. This has never happened before in the DFS space. No more competing with thousands of other lineups. No more impossible odds. No more sharks. You don't have to compete against me. Take more control of your DFS fate. Stat Heroes Daily Fantasy Sportsbook is the next chapter in DFS we've all been asking for. Use the promo code ELITE, E-L-I-T-E, for a 25% match on your first deposit. And now you can play Stat Hero from any mobile device or desktop at stathero.com. Get it after it, everybody. That is going to do it for episode 48. Thank you, each and every one of you downloading, listening in, commenting, whatever it may be. I really appreciate it. You guys could tell a friend, if you have somebody else that may enjoy this podcast, a wife or girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, whatever it may be. Appreciate that too. We, we are building this thing word of mouth. We're not doing any advertising. I'm not allowed to talk about it really on SiriusXM. So, uh, you know, getting the word out opposite elite mafia is difficult, but I uh, would appreciate you guys to do that. We are going to start pumping out more episodes per week too. Um, was doing two or three a week before the NFL season, but, uh, we'll be able to get into it. Now also if there are topics, basketball, James Harden trade, baseball, fantasy baseball draft guide available now, fantasyguru.com. Any of those topics you want me to hit more than happy to hear from you at Jeff underscore man's. On Twitter, the Jeff Mans, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter, or uh, TikTok. 
my favorite place, by the way. Anytime that you like. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, that's going to do it. Ooh, another one in the can, everybody. Thank you for listening, downloading, subscribing, commenting. You guys are all aces. Remember, you may have disagreed with something or everything that I said here on today's show, but that's okay. Why? Because it was one man's opinion. We'll see you next time, everybody. Peace out.